Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. All right, good afternoon. It's uh, time yet again to go through a series of findings. This is going to be one of those clinics that is uh, packed with information, and yet we have to have time to review your own submissions and to do live optimization of your banner ads. I want to say again that we're grateful for HubSpot and uh, their participation in this. HubSpot has uh, provided uh, the funding to make this clinic possible for you. We do a lot of research, but a clinic like this takes an enormous amount of preparation, and there's a whole team wrapped around uh, the delivery of the technology to you today. So if you're uh, wanting to participate in the conversation on Twitter, you can use the hashtag webclinic. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be joined today by uh, Spencer and Taylor. You can see their photographs there. Spencer is uh, sitting in front of me, Taylor's right beside of him, and then there's a table full of people around that are helping with support. Uh, I, uh, I don't know, Taylor, is this your first time on one of our clinics? This is my first time. So I've been harassing him right from the beginning, from the moment I walked in the room, and uh, the team is uh, letting him know that he's, uh, he's getting initiated. He's done some fine work in our organization, and we're, uh, we're excited about what he's discovered. And he'll be helping us as we look at the banner ads today. And Spencer's an old hand. He's been here before. And, uh, and between Spencer and Taylor and myself, we're going to be looking at many of the uh, submissions that you have. As always, we're going to go straight to a case study. We are talking about banner ads. And if there is ever something that needs help right now on the Internet, it's banner ads. They are a... Uh, a <laughs> They are a black hole for many advertisers with diminishing returns, and yet we keep using them because we often don't have a better alternative. A, how do you communicate on somebody else's website about your offer if you don't have a banner ad? It'd be wonderful if they'd insert us in the editorial, but that's pretty difficult to talk them into, and we still want to reach their audience. Still better if we can get on their email list, but with spam laws, we often can't get to them through email. So we are stuck with a banner ad. And the problem is, the minute people see a banner, they, uh, their guard goes up. In the same way that your guard goes up when you feel someone is trying to interrupt you and talk you into something you may not want to do. It's a natural human response. So banner ads, unlike, say, uh, an opt-in response, are particularly challenged. What's more, there are so many and there are conflicting levels of the tension. There is uh, rarely a site with only a single banner ad. And even if there's a single banner ad, there are other elements on the page competing for attention. Trying to get the right person to actually see your ad and think about it and then engage is a great challenge. I'd love uh, the world to be a place where we didn't need banner ads. I didn't have to look at them. You didn't have to buy them. And we found a better way to let people know that we have a potential solution. Advertising is quite noble when you're helping people find the right solution. But the reality is, most of the time, we can't tell whether it's the right solution or not. Often it's not. Many times we're being deceived. And most of us, even though we're marketers, have felt the uh, frustration that comes. 
with being hammered by somebody's offers. How do we write banner ads that produce? How can we optimize the banner ads we have? I'd like to take you through some of that, and let's begin with this case study. It's Test Protocol 3025. It is a large uh, service uh, company that has sought to increase PDF downloads. The goal is to increase the number of completed PDF downloads, and you're going to find this one interesting because we've scrubbed it. You're not going to see any beautiful graphics. Uh, what you're going to actually see is only the element you need to focus on to understand the significance of this very short example. So here's a landing page. No text. All you need to know is that the headline is emphasizing the title of the PDF. It's actually a subheader. And it's emphasizing it uh, with a fairly strong visual appeal. And then down below you'll see the PDF image and the download. Now, bear in mind, this is one of the larger companies in the world. And this is a, a significant uh, offer for them. And this is a major way to generate leads. So they want to get it right. Here are two approaches. In the first approach, it emphasizes that you can get pre-approval fast for the particular financial service. And so knowing that people are concerned about A, being approved, and B, having to go through an arduous process, they've touched a key point of anxiety and they've tried to reach uh, you with a message that might make it feel safe and easy for you to engage. And from that banner, they take you to this page that offers the free guide. Now, I have a feeling that the ad I show you next, the banner design that I show you next, will um, not surprise you. In the treatment, we have the title of the PDF and uh, the headline and then you go from the treatment banner which is the banner that talks about the PDF download to the landing page, the same landing page that shows you the PDF image and the Get Our Free Guide. Many of you are uh, long time students of uh, marketing experiments or some of the Met Labs uh, research groups like Marketing Sherpa, and I'll bet most of my audience knows which one of these banners is going to produce, and they likely know why. Uh, let's take a moment using your Q&A function to tell me what you think the answer is, because uh, we're not here to tell you the obvious. We have something more profound coming, and we'll walk you through it, but we're setting up something. So using Q&A, the question feature, uh, or you can use Twitter, talk to us, tell us. Someone is uh, talking about the control. That's uh, uh, Howard. And someone says the treatment. And someone says the treatment. And someone says the control. I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised right now that there are as many of you are cheering for the control as, uh, as the treatment. That's interesting. Now, that may not be the way on Twitter. I'm looking at the Q&A function. I think most of the audience probably can identify the winning banner in advance. I'm watching these come in and we'll study your responses, but how many of you would like to see the data set? Let's go straight there now. So there's the page and uh, here's the data. But notice the direct connection between the title of the headline and, uh, of course, the landing page. Now, again, if you're an experienced advertiser and if you've heard our work before and we talked about continuity and congruence, you'll know that we advocate 
the connection between your channel message and your landing page message. That's not particularly profound. It used to be profound. It used to be something that when you said the audience was, uh, uh, you know, surprised. They didn't realize how important it was. But I think the Internet IQ is growing when it comes to marketing, and I think we know that. What you may not understand, and what is very important here, is not just that there's a direct connection between the PDF in the treatment and the PDF on the landing page, but that the banner is trying to sell the product, and the landing page is, uh, is trying to sell the product and especially the PDF. You say, well, it's, it's not being sold, it's free. Oh, no, it costs. Everything costs. There is no such thing as a free offer. Because I'm requiring something from you in exchange. And it might be your time that you're paying with. It might be the risk of your privacy that you're paying with. But you're paying. You may not be paying dollars, but you're paying. And one of the things that we're going to learn before it's over with is what should a banner actually be doing? Does it sell the product? In most cases, absolutely not. You'll see more as this unfolds, but let's go to the data set. Uh, I would say without too much surprise, the treatment outproduced the control by a remarkable 285%. Now, what's a little bit more interesting is that the treatment banner, look at the clicks, generated less clicks, but 285% more downloads. In fact, by reducing the clicks, we increased the downloads. Now, that's because something was happening in the integrity of the message that allowed the wrong people not to click, which is good. It saves them time and it saves you time and it saves you money before it's done. But more of the right people clicked and more of the right people entered the landing page with an expectation it was met by the offer they saw, and thus we see uh, a remarkable difference in downloads. Now, hold on to that very simple test, because the next one is uh, important before I start to build a case. I will say to you that we're going to reveal a new heuristic, like the conversion sequence, if you're a fan or one of our students, sequence 4M plus 3V, a new heuristic just for banner ads, and we're going to get much more technical than I am yet, but I'm building a case, so bear with me if this all seems simple to you yet. For some of you, this is... Uh, interesting and exciting. For some of you, you knew this before you started today. But I promise there's information coming that you probably don't. Let me take you to another case study. This time we're not going to use wireframes, but we're going to actually use the particular. This is Car and Driver. Large uh, media group and controlled by a company in France. We did a research study with them. The goal was to increase people engaging in the buying guide. The buying guide allowed more advertisers to, uh, to engage the audience because it was uh, one of the most popular parts of their site. So they knew that if they could get more people into the buying guide, they could generate more revenue. I can tell you historically, without telling too much about the background or information I shouldn't, they were in a position where they had more ad buys than they had traffic to deliver, and they were actually having to hand money back to advertisers because they couldn't get the page views. So... We look at the page, analyze the metrics, and we see this. On your left, you should be seeing the actual page. And you'll notice on the right-hand side of the page, and it's been blown up here, very large, you'll see the ad, 2007-2008 New Car Buying Guide. And it's right there, uh, and I need you to notice it because I'm going to show you the new ad. 
in just a moment. What you're looking at right now is the control and notice the treatment. Now, there is a slight change, but it's not as slight as you might think. Look at it carefully and notice the first point. I'll go back. You'll see that we changed the position of the ad on the page. The ad went from the right to the left. Position is important. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Now, there's clearly a color change, but the ad looks re remarkably similar. Let's look at the two of them side by side with one critical difference, and that is we move them right to the first step so that it feels like the ad is doing more than scream for your attention. It's actually serving you by helping you self-identify and work through a process. We've changed it from an ad to a utility. Very important. And later I'd like to talk about how ads could become more useful. In fact, by changing many ads and so that they felt like, looked like, and functioned like forms, we've seen dramatic increases in the response. All I want you to notice is that with those changes, there was a 74% increase in visits. Look at that. Think of this as an advertiser from 45,000 visits to 79,000 visits and there's almost no change in the ad except a little form filled box, a color and the position on the page. Now, thinking about that further leads me to a slide that I hope you can digest for a moment. EA equals 2AT plus I plus AS. You may think to yourself, uh-oh, another heuristic and you probably have one of two responses. The first one is, what are these people talking about? I'm not a mathematician. I'm a marketer. And I let the statisticians do that part. I just want to get more effective copy written, better web pages, better banners, more click-throughs. Or you may be saying, well, wait a second. Aren't you stating the obvious by putting it in a, in a heuristic uh, form? Doesn't it, doesn't it suddenly take something that might be important but make it just uh, look more uh, sexy and scientific? And the answer is, uh, no, these heuristics were developed from patterning 10,000 plus uh, scenarios and currently we're doing a meta-analysis of all of our data. And I just want to make a single statement before I go on here. Uh, it's a crime the way people all over the internet are claiming to do research without having any solid science, hardly any validity, and, uh, and yet they make strongly opinionated claims. I'm not satisfied with our level of science. If you'd like to criticize our science, you'll probably find that you're not criticizing as loudly as I am. Our whole team wants to improve the level of science that we generate here right now. We have the largest library of case studies. We have large library experiments. But there's more isolation, more meta-theory analysis. There's more validity threats that we haven't identified. And I could go all down the list of the things I want to do better. But at least, may I suggest, that when you look at a heuristic like this, it isn't something that's uh, dreamed up in order to make uh, the copy or the clinic sounds sexy. This was developed years ago and it's never been released in one of our clinics. To, the most, to, to my knowledge, we've never released it before. And this is a slightly refined version and it was developed in camp, uh, to, to solve a problem with one of the largest media companies in the world and to simplify the approach so that every key leader engaged on our side and on their side could get to a result fast. I'm going to teach it to you right now. I can only teach it in brief. I'd like four hours to work on it with you, but I have a few minutes because we have live optimization. So let's, uh, let's think about how an effective ad is the result of these three elements and how in particular 
the first element has a coefficient of two, meaning it's twice as important as the rest. And why? Let me begin by this. The goal of effective ad is to get a qualified clinic. I'm teaching now. You'll, if you've been to many of these clinics, you see these key principle slides. Pay attention. If you're, in fact, if you're in one of our courses, that means you'll probably see this on the test. Now, I'd like to announce, much to the relief of many online, there will be no test today. Not on this clinic, but there will be a test when you go back to your office and you write your next bit of copy or design your next banner ad. That's the test we all live with on a daily basis and the results are far more oh, uh, impactful than the score a teacher gives us. It's the score life gives us and uh, it impacts our career. Let's look at the second point. Therefore, and uh, Austin helped in the development of this, but I think Paul oversaw a lot of this and he uses therefore in a very scientific way. His summation, that's a critical word, so you better have a strong conclusion, Paul. Following the online ad sequence to get a qualified click, a banner must powerfully accomplish three key objectives. The first one is attract attention. And the second one is generate interest. And the third one is ask for the click. And you might say, well, I, I, uh, that seems self-evident. Well, let's break it down some more. Let's talk about attracting attention. Notice the coefficient is two. And uh, an ad can't accomplish the other two pieces unless it's attracted attention. But we have made the mistake in our thinking that the way to attract attention is to improve the offer. Sorry. The offer's improvement occurs and only impacts the click after you've got my attention. And unless you get my attention, you're not going to get a greater result because you write a better ad. So we resort to another method. Instead, some of us decide we're going to make this ad stand out. We make it spin, jump, dance, sing. We, we slather it or in colors or we make it so large it dominates. Sometimes right now trying to read a, uh, on a media site, is uh, it's like trying to run an obstacle course because something spins in my face and blocks the whole page. And some uh, Advertisers are doing everything they can to force you. Now, I'd like to point out in many cases that's counterproductive. More people see it, but that doesn't necessarily translate into more people liking your brand. I'm also not against that in every case, but beware, beware, beware. Less is more. There are five ways that you can control who sees what and in what order on your website, and you ought to be able to control which ad they see first, second, third, and fourth, and do it without fancy technology. To do that, you have to understand these five elements are only important as relative differentials. If you put everything in the same position, if everything's the same size, if everything has, if there are colors everywhere, then none of them work unless you're doing them as a matter of emphasis, a relative emphasis. Here's the first size. You want to see on the right? It's larger than all the other ads. It is getting attention. I'm not saying it's a good ad. I'm not saying it's work. Uh, first of all, the best ads don't look like ads. And I'd like to have a whole separate clinic on how to design a banner ad that doesn't serve and function like a banner ad. The problem is, many of you are putting these ads on somebody else's site. And so they have to look like ads because they're not going to let you put anything in their site that looks like it's part of their site. So you need the clinic we're giving you right now. However... And this won't be part of today. If you are putting ads on your own site and they look like this, you've made a big mistake. Now you say, well, uh, don't you guys do it? Yeah, we do a lot of things that we're trying to do better. But the difference is, like at Marketing Sherpa, which is, by the way, not a site for you, 
to review as best in class. If you knew all the testing that was going on, all the designs that are being done, and the complete rebuild and redevelopment of the core that's taking place, you'd understand that we wouldn't recommend it yet, but soon. We released a new set of sites uh, about six months ago, and we actually had you optimize it for us. Some of you probably weren't on those clinics. We got your feedback, and together we optimize a site that's a high-performance site. We'll do the same with Sherpa before we're done. We'll have you help optimize it. But for now, what I want you to do is to understand that even if you have an ad like that on your site, you should be mentioning the offer in your editorial, in the center pane, in the dialogue, and you shouldn't rely on the ad only. And candidly, uh, it's far more effective in your editorial than it is in a banner ad. But if it is a banner ad, then it's competing, and it's competing against not only the other ads, but a bias. Please hear me on this. Uh, there is a bias against every banner ad anybody ever produces. So you have to overcome the bias as well as the competing or the competition for attention. Size is one way to do that. Another way to do that is shape. Uh, in this case, uh, changing this particular shape to uh, a circle, an oval, there is a shape on the ad, the cloud shape, but even the shape of the ad itself can help achieve attention. Color. Uh, on a page with a little bit of color, some color will grab attention. That is not always positive, but at least it grabs attention. I mean, there are some ugly colors that will get everybody's attention, but they won't like your message because they'll translate their distaste for the color to you. Remember something. People don't buy from banner ads and people don't buy from websites. People buy from people and they're making a judgment about you when they make a judgment about your banner ad. Motion. Oh, you guys are all good at this. Um, if ever there was a crime universally committed across the Internet, it is the infamous flash panel at the top that allows you to start to read before it changes, before you've read the message, and somehow assumes that you start reading the message right at the beginning of the multi-second time limit. Never allows for the fact that you, first of all, absorb the page, try to understand where you're at, then you flash up to read what's at the top before you're done. It's changed on you. You can't read it. Now you're trying to find a place to click so you can see what you were seeing in, and it's moving ahead, and all you're doing is increasing frustration or anxiety or friction and damaging your conversion rate. But motion can work. I just want to say it's been abused badly. And position. Position on the page determines. The one we're pointing out right now is in a very poor position and will hardly be seen where it's at. But each of these are factors. Size, shape, color, motion, and position. But it's critical for you to understand that if you emphasize everything, you emphasize nothing. I really like that statement, and I didn't think of it. Dan, one of our editors, said it to me the other day in a meeting, and I immediately wrote it down. This is the only time I will admit in public I didn't think of it. From now on, I'd like you to spread the word that it was actually... Dan, uh, Dan's in the room, and he's... Uh, He's, he's laughing in the back at me now. Uh, I'd like to take credit for it, but it's not mine. But it's really well said. If you emphasize everything, you emphasize nothing. So, if everything is big, if everything has, uh, if you have lots of different shapes, if, if you have lots of different colors, none of what I've said to you will work. It is the relative differential that controls this. Now, just take a moment. Look at any web page you're producing with banner ads on it. It might be on somebody else's site. It might be on yours. If you had to, if you could, I'd love for you after this clinic to print the web page and ask yourself, what gets my attention first, second, third, and fourth? We can take a heat map over here and look at somebody's eye movement and determine immediately uh, where the eye path is. But candidly, 
almost any senior optimizer in our group doesn't need a, a, a heat map. We can look at a page and immediately tell you that the eyes either have a path, and here's what it is, or the eyes don't have a path because it becomes very easy to determine the eye path once you understand how to look at a page through these critical uh, five features. So, the question is, how do we get more attention with our ad? And the answer is, you need to look at the competition for attention. And if this ad is ranked number one in your priorities, you need to use one of these five elements to emphasize it over the others. We could talk a lot more about that, and I'd love to teach you, do exercises, work with you, but we do that in our training. Right now, I've got to take you to the next piece, interest. Now, if you were to study public speaking 40 years ago, they'd use a phrase, the attention getter. And then they'd use another phrase, the interest builder. Uh, my father was a scholar and a speaker, and I remember asking him as a child because he, he was training me to recognize a problem and things like that. And we're still best friends. He's almost 80 years old. And uh, I was gone uh, uh, for two weeks. I'd been in the Florida Keys, and I flew my dad down to meet me. And he got out of the boat and was diving with me. We were free diving. And I was just remembering, you know, so much of what's happened in my life goes all the way back to those early things that he taught me. And I remember back then him, him sharing with me. He said, son, once you have their attention, you don't stop. Now you've got to convert attention into interest. Attention is momentary. Interest is a prolonged and often progressive. Any good screenplay writer understands this. Uh, any good novel writer understands this. And good marketers need to understand that the ad has to move from attention. I'll tell you why this is critical. Because agencies focus so much of their attention on your ad getting attention that they don't know how to transfer from attention to interest. It gets seen. It even gets laughed at or pointed out. It might even be viral. But it doesn't really build interest in the offer and it doesn't really convert to sales. Winning an award in the agency game doesn't guarantee that anybody wrote a good ad. In fact, it's often a guarantee that it wasn't a good ad. Sorry to say. And I don't mean that critical of the agencies. A third of our audience, today probably, our agencies, we work with them every day and we're in your corner. But we all need to be self-critical in order to improve what we're doing. And you probably are nodding your head yourself because you've seen it all around you. You probably even wouldn't be on this call if you weren't a different kind of agency. But let me keep going and teach. Each ad must answer a question. Now, this is where I'm going to have the hardest time controlling my time because I'm in the middle of a book that's being written by a team of us on value proposition. And uh, we think the whole term has been misunderstood. We've built a historical timeline of the first reference of the word all the way around, its uses, its uh, alternate terms. We've done uh, full-scale literature review and then we've done a meta-analysis or we're in a meta-analysis of our own research database and how we use the phrase. And so there is so much science that I can't touch right now when I point out to you this simple key. Every single person has to ask a question, A, about their company and then B, about the given offer. And that is this, if I am the ideal customer, why should I purchase from you rather than any of your competitors? Now, that principle flows to every single action you ask someone to take on your site. Every action flows from what we call a derivative value proposition. So, the, the banner ad designer must ask this question. 
If I am the ideal customer. Now, the if I am is one of the most important parts of this whole phrase because you've got to get out of your marketing mindset, out of your, your, your boss's uh, priorities and your company's deadlines and your family's needs and into the mindset of the person who's going to see the banner ad. So you have to use the if I am. Without the if I am, you can't develop a proper value proposition. If I am the ideal customer. So put yourself back into the shoes of the person seeing this ad for the first time. Why should I click? And whenever you're asking why should I click, you must recognize that you're not doing this in an environment where uh, it's zero sum or uh, uh, a negative void and all they're doing is choosing to click on your ad or not. What they're doing is to choose to click on your ad or to click on someone else's ad. You must assume or click on another link or click somewhere else. But the bottom line is you're competing. Because of this, probably the greatest travesty in this whole presentation today is that you've got four words written at the bottom of this screen that are absolutely vital to understanding how to measure the force of your ad's impact. And the problem is because there are simply four words on the bottom of the screen, you might think they're nice bullet points and not recognize that each one of them come from a highly developed science formula that's been measured and drives so much performance. They are vital. Every value proposition and its force rotates around four keys. The appeal of the offer, not the product, the offer in the ad. The exclusivity. Who else is offering this? If you offer me a free comparison chart and there's six other ads offering me a free comparison chart, then the force of the, of the offer is diminished. The force of your value proposition is diminished. The credibility, particularly in a banner ad, it has to be instantly credible. And the clarity. Do you know something? Clarity might look like a footnote. But the number one problem we have is we create ads and we create landing pages with an enormous lack of clarity. And clarity keeps people from being able to even comprehend the appeal, to measure the exclusivity, or to even care about the credibility. First, they've got to know what you're saying. And we're terrible at it. I was here this morning. I have a friend. I, I wouldn't want to hurt him in any way. He's a famous celebrity, and I won't tell you his name but most of you on the phone would know, know him if I recognized him. My wife was with his wife, and uh, they had breakfast that um, lasted for three hours while they worked on all kinds of things, which is typical of my wife. I've never had a three-hour breakfast in my life, but she had a three-hour breakfast. And, and I, I rushed from my office home for a quick lunch, and when I got there, she set down a box of energy drinks on the table, and she opened up the energy drinks, and she showed it to me, and she said... So, uh, here, tr take these and use some of them. She said, I won't tell you the, the, the woman's name because you might know the husband from her name. She's uh, uh, well-known as well. And, um, and I shook my head. She said, what's wrong? I said, because I have no... I'm going to call this guy Jim. It's not his name. I said, because every time I talk to Jim, he's launching some new sub-product line, some new business, and he still doesn't understand the foundation of a value proposition. My wife said, what do you mean? I said, there are energy drinks galore. Why would I buy his energy drink over anybody else's energy drink? And my wife is nodding her head and thinking about it. And I picked up the bottle and looked at it. I said, what does that say? And what it's done is the agency that built the label built such a sexy, magnificent looking, artsy la label. I couldn't read it. I, I asked my wife. I covered the box and held the bottle up and said, what's the name of the product? If you buy it once, how you buy it a second time? 
you don't even know what it says. They don't have a value proposition, but they don't even have clarity. And I've seen a whole series of these kinds of mistakes made by people who don't understand how important the point is we're making right now. Your banner ad has to have clarity, credibility, exclusivity, and appeal. And those four things help build interest. Now, you may be there saying, okay, I'm getting the theory. What's it look like in practice? Well, let me have you help me. Here's an ad. And I'd like you to rank it overall on its effectiveness, thinking about these four points on a scale of one to five. We're, we're doing a poll right now. So, so vote and we'll share with you how the audience... Now, this is an ad submitted by our audience. And so we're trying to help somebody who's here on the call today. And we're also trying to communicate to you a transferable principle that will apply to everybody else who might not be having their ad reviewed. Interesting. Uh, I think we'll shut the poll now. Okay? So, uh, if you can see, we've given it a three overall as a team of marketers out of a five. Now, let's take some more analysts. I've got Spencer and uh, Taylor with me, and we're going to show you uh, a brief analysis of the ad, some comments on it. So, I think I need to, as soon as that poll is shut down, all right, the poll is closed and I have control back. I'd like you to see how we rank it with a caveat about the clarity and some quick thoughts. There is a, a simple diagram up that explains a lot of what Spencer is going to say. Go ahead, Spencer. Yeah, the caveat around the clarity is that I actually know this company, so I, I know what they're selling. So when we were talking about it shortly before, uh, Flint said, you know, the clarity is, first question is, what are they selling? I think from the other parts, the appeal to me is that it's a, a nice-looking picture. It's a, a well-laid-out advertisement. But as far as exclusivity and credibility, exclusivity, everybody's giving $20 off on orders over $100. Uh, and the credibility is there's really not much that supports it. So that was kind of our, uh, my assessment of this ad. All right. So you can see that um, uh, Spencer is um, generous. He's kind of like Paula Abdul on American Idol. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that it probably appears on their own page, which means there might be some clarity. But if it does appear on their own page, what you have in a banner ad should have actually been in a headline and should be emphasized properly. I think the appeal is minimal. The, the exclusivity is uh, debatable. I mean, you could say it's exclusive because it's to this product only. But if they have a strong competitor in any categories offering anything similar, then that's uh, washed out. Uh, the credibility is reasonable because let's assume you know the brand. Let's assume. Let's be generous and say you know the brand. Uh, this is better than average and it's still poor. Let's keep learning. All right. Audience, tell us about this one. One to five. One to five. Rank this one. I'm going to get your poll. We'll let you see how you do. Let's see how the audience is. And I think we're going to have Taylor talk to us. Taylor, are you next? All right, so stand by. We'll let the audience vote. Wow. I, we're getting validity. There's a strong winner. <laughs> we'll be posting that pretty soon. Whenever you guys think we've got enough uh, validity, let's, uh, let's go. This is a very large focus group, by the way, marketer who submitted this on the clinic. Uh, it's pretty hard to get this many qualified marketers looking. And the only thing I would say is your demographic is skewed because you've got a bunch of professionals looking. But also, many of them represent your target audience knowing the product. All right, good. Let's close the poll. You can see that 38% ranked this as a 2, with 23% being generous enough to give it a 3. Um, let's uh, talk about it. And uh, Taylor, talk to us. 
All right, great, Flynn. It looks like our audience is pretty keyed in on this ad. Um, you know, we ranked it around between a one and a two. Um, we've got a two for clarity here, but a one in appeal, exclusivity, and credibility. Um, you know, we've got hundreds of enterprises, trust Rackspace to solve complex IT challenges. Really, you want to ask yourself what sort of IT challenges, um, what sort of enterprises. Um, you know, we don't really have much credibility there in the uh, of the enterprises, and um, really it's trying to sell this guide here, this, this free read consideration for the cloud and find out why, download, and uh, it, the headline could actually be used to sell the download versus the actual company. Okay, I, I want to stop. Uh, Taylor just put his finger on it, okay? We're selling two things, and look, we've only got a four or five lines. We can't sell two things in five lines. We need to be emphasizing the download and be assuming that our audience is familiar with Rackspace. It's a well-known brand in the space, and focus instead on this. Why would I want to read? I'm busy anyway. And why would I want to read something called Consideration for the Cloud? First of all, that sounds like something I learned uh, in uh, an ashram over in India. Uh, and secondly, I have no idea if what I'm reading is 11 pages, 24 pages, 76 pages. I have no idea what I'll get from reading this case. And indeed, um, cloudy is a better word for it. And I, don't mean, and I mean this graciously to the Rackspace people. And we've even used you ourselves, so we don't mean to be too, too harsh. But it is cloudy. It's cloudy because you're trying to do two things in one ad. And the main thing you're after is a download, but you spend more of the headline talking about hundreds of enterprises. Don't tell me about that. Tell me about the cloud book. Why would I read this book rather than any other download? Why would I read this rather than a wonderful marketing experiments report, for instance? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing, but I need way more about this guide to make this appealing. And candidly, there's a bigger question. Is this ad appearing on the Rackspace page? If it is, don't sell it with an ad. Make this part of the editorial. Make the book graphic the main graphic, not the square box. And explain what you can get in the download with it and make it very appealing. And if it's appearing on other people's websites, then you, you need to ask yourself, what's the goal of this ad? It's not to get the download unless you're going to get a download straight from their website. The goal then would be to get a click to a landing page where you could adequately measure it. All right. Good. Uh, I've been told, by the way, uh, this is one of the most uh, complex notes I've ever been given. Paul ran up to me, and we are in the studio, and I, I, it looks to me like he's wearing his bathing suit or something. Uh, I, I think he's in his... In his, in his uh, board shorts, uh, but he ran up to me, because he's behind this big barrier, and I didn't, I didn't know that he had uh, such muscular legs. Uh, Paul, Paul said, say, one is bad, five is good. So audience, one is bad, five is good. We may be getting skewed results for those of you that don't know which. Apparently, those are questions coming in. Uh, Taylor, was there anything else you were going to say? Okay. So I'm moving on to the Genius Project. We're measuring this ad across four criterion. Give me your vote. Give me your vote. Here we go. Wow, it's interesting watching. Right at the beginning, talk about validity. It's like an instant bell curve. Uh, by far, the audience are initially ranked it as four, and as time passes, it goes down and down and down. What does that tell me? The people who liked it were quick. The people who took time to reflect, I don't know what that means. 
All right, but let's let's uh, let's close the poll out and tell you that uh, 31% of you ranked it as a three, uh, 27% as a four. On a scale of one to five, project management software tailored to your needs, product tour. All right, that's the ad, and let's get the comments. Is it Spencer? Go ahead, Spencer. Okay, so I really liked this ad a lot when it came in because it had a lot of interest in just the layout and what's going on. I wanted to know what it was going on. And as far as the clarity, it talks about the project management software tailored to your needs, so that makes it a little more exclusive, and then it gives me a product tour. So that's going to give me everything that I need. Now, the question from credibility uh, is I've never heard of the Genius Project, but um, I think just the name of it kind of tells me uh, in my thought that there's some uh, validity to that credibility. So um, I thought the ad was good. Um, but then again, I'm Paula, so I'll let Simon make some comments. <laughs> well, uh, I want to say this. I'd like you to keep this ad in mind when I teach the final part here. Very important part of designing an ad is understanding where people are at in the buying process and at what stage they're in. This ad is potentially powerful for people who have heard of Genius Project and are interested in learning more. It's, uh, it's uh, very limited for someone who's earlier in the cycle. And let's talk about that as we talk about an ad. So here we have uh, 2AT plus I minus AS, or I'm sorry, plus AS, and we're on the final piece, and that's the ask. We all know about a call to action, but I want to I talk to you about the ask and, uh, and, and tell you some things that are critical. We have to match the ask to the motivation of the ideal visitor, viewer, uh, prospect. To do that, we must determine the following attributes. And this is where uh, we want to say some things that are important, but they're already on the screen in a simple outline. Uh, the first one is the category of the ask. Is this an implied ask? Or do you directly say, order now? Or learn more? There's a difference between being very direct and implying it. Just make sure that the ask is clear. Lots of fancy, beautiful, designed artsy ads aren't clear in the ask and you say well every ad wants a click yes but we're not clear what we get in exchange for the click we're not clear what's being promised and what we're asking you to do are you asking me to to engage three minutes in a download it'd be helpful by the way if there's a download like we saw in the rack space one in the ad that it tells me it's a 45 second download or a 16 second download it makes it easier for me to know in the ask what i'm getting but the second is the incremental decision level of the of the prospect. The incremental decision level is very important. You need to say, in the sales process, there's a series of decision steps that lead to someone being ready to purchase. Where is the prospect that I'm trying to reach with this ad in that continuum? Because if my message is premature, then uh, they won't be ready and they won't engage. And if it's not mature enough, then it won't be appealing because they're looking for more. When we offered a product tour in the previous ad, that would be for someone who knows enough to be willing to invest their time in a product tour. But if someone has not learned enough already, then the product tour is not doing the job. So you need to keep identifying the incremental decision level uh, uh, in the process they're at, where they're at in that continuum. It's a very important piece. And frankly, I could teach for an hour on this. Because most of our ads are not designed to engage them at the right point in their decision process, in the decision continuum. And we're leaving money on the table. We're leaking revenue. 
The next thing is the tone of the ask. There are a number of ways to ask. And we've discovered that the old direct response way is the most dominant. Register now. Or, or you know, act now while, so, while supplies last. Be very careful with that. All you're doing is copying the messaging from before in a different era. We're with a postmodern consumer and he's not a... He's not a sh we're, we're not herding sheep here. Uh, but most of our audience, uh, we can do better if we would give them more credit and recognize that without you putting three apostrophes on the end, we understand what urgency is about. Determine who your audience is, what tone of voice you should ask in, and make certain that that is complemented by the level of decision you're asking them to take in this ad back to point two, the incremental decision level. And then the fourth key is do you embed with this ask an urgency factor? But it must be an authentic urgency factor. Don't tell me that it's while supplies last when the reality is you're going to keep supplying. Don't tell me that you have to act before March 4th unless it's really going to be over by March 4th. If there's a deadline, make it real. If there's a statement or a reason that justifies the urgency, make it honest. But if you've got honest urgency, you're going to get more response. These four factors, the category of the ask, the incremental decision level, the tone of the ask, and the level of authentic urgency impact that final key, how you structure the ask in your design. All of that leads us to an example of not this. And I think the ask here might be browse. Not real sure. It's, uh, I suppose the whole ad is clickable, but without putting the button. We just did an experiment. Now, most of us know if it's a square banner, you click anywhere on the banner and you're going forward. But we just saw a dramatic increase for a major financial institution by putting a button on the banner that made it very apparent that this is what you do now. Click here. But this, this is a little bit better. The ask is a little bit better. Not this. Here's an ad. <laughs> it's animated. They've got motion. Never mind the ugly color. Never mind that it screams the entire time you're looking. Never mind that you have to watch it for a long time before you get the message. Just consider the fact that even once you've watched the whole message, you don't know what to do. To this. Now, this ad on the right... Uh, shows uh, clearly we could optimize this way better, but let's just look at this to learn from it. I see a picture of what I'm getting. And because it's in a set of hands, I can actually get a sense of the size and I can imagine it. Never promise a download or any other incentive that you don't help the audience visualize or imagine. Secondly, in the cover and in the key uh, uh, content of the cover, there's appeal already built for somebody in this space. And it's a well-known brand. And then here it says, get everything you need to know about antiques right in the palm of your hand. That's also quite helpful in understanding what the offer is. But these people have identified that at this stage, the person may not be ready to buy the book. They may want more info. That's the difference between saying a button, buy it now. You know, uh, get your copy. And instead, learn more. I think, without knowing, because this is the first time I've ever seen this ad, that from here, they would take you to a really powerful landing page. Not a catalog with a whole bunch of books, but a landing page just for this book. 
that explains it, gives a copy of the table of contents and helps you understand what you'll be getting for it and has strong testimonials built into it and might even be long form. I Once I tested long form, by the way, just so you'd know, then I test short form and say, are they already convinced enough they don't need the long form? And I'd see which produced the highest yield, long form or short form. But I'd actually start with long form and take stuff away rather than start with short form and add. All right. So if that's uh, helpful for you, please let me know because this is a summary of the key principles and we're moving right into live optimization. We've been doing it throughout, but we're going to just go from case study to case study to case study or from submission to submission. The only thing I was asked to point out for you is that we have coming up our B2B summit. This is all about, in case you're not sure what this is about, this is all about lead generation, lead capture, and, and, and social media. But it's essentially helping you get more prospects. And that's our annual summits. We've held them for years. It's bi-coastal, one in Boston, one in San Francisco. And it's coming up very soon. And uh, you can reserve a place. I'll be there teaching. A lot of our analysts and scientists are going to be teaching along with many, many case studies from industry experts, people who are attending our own clinics like this, who have, have got a significant learning in the past year you know, from big companies and brands that you know. You can read more about it. Uh, I'm just going to move on. But you uh, are invited to attend and connect with our scientists and analysts in person at these events coming up. So that's the uh, B2B Summit 2011. Let me move on and, uh, and again remind you, and I have to do this housekeeping as I move into the uh, live op. It's only fair to thank HubSpot again for uh, making all of this possible for you. And we're grateful for their uh, engagement and uh, for their support. And with that, I'd like to move to the optimization. So here is uh, a page that's been submitted. This is uh, SmartStream. See the banner up the top? We're looking at that particular banner. There's no better time. You can see it right now. Flexibility, efficiency, control, pre-book a meeting, etc. Let me let uh, you as the audience real quick go to your Q&A function and give me a critique of this. What do you think you'd do to make this ad better? All right, I'm listening. What do they do? What is the offering? Where, where is the button? I add a call to action. There isn't enough clarity. Not sure what I'm looking at. Increase the clarity. Increase the clarity. Add a button. Increase the clarity. Add a button. Where's the CTA? That's simply the same thing. It's too busy. This is the audience telling us, and, and I think you're bang on, but let me shift over to, uh, is it Spencer? Spencer, give us your thoughts. Well, this, uh, their goal here is to drive visitors to an online demo, and they are looking for their primary audience is the operations managers of banks, which isn't very apparent by this. Obviously, the flash spanner is attracting a lot of attention. The difficulty for me is that the clock has a lot of time in there, and it doesn't add to the sales. CBOS, obviously this website is related to that, uh, is part of the, uh, the uh, conference they're looking at. But what they're trying to do is get people to sign up for meetings at this CBOS conference. And it's very, very quick. It doesn't allow for that uh, building interest. Uh, it actually is m very frustrating trying to watch it and see what's going on. So I would uh, stretch it out, uh, make the uh, appeal and the call to action uh, stable. Uh, so you can see it for a long time and then go from there. Uh, and uh, I know that you need to make it a clickable banner also. 
Can I, can I uh, just comment? And I mean this graciously, uh, and it's submitted by Nathan. And Nathan, please don't be upset when I say this, but really it's a very, very bad ad. And I think Spencer's saying that um, uh, graciously. It, 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 um, we can learn from it, okay? Because first of all, there is absolutely no clarity. I don't know what you're asking me to do and I have to watch too long in order to get clarity. Because I don't know what you're asking me to do, it can't have appeal. And credibility hardly matters because I don't know what the offer is. Um, uh, so uh, it, it's, it's failing at the first component of an effective value proposition. It is, according to our formula, getting attention. But what is the attention for? Let me tell you what the primary problem is uh, or the primary way to fix this. If you're going to use, and you, and you probably won't read this anywhere, so make a note of this for many of you that are using motion. Don't use motion to communicate your core message. Use motion to capture their attention. This ad could have motion taking place in one corner of it or something that gets people's eyes there. But the message should be clear and should not be something you have to sit and watch. People aren't going to watch this like a TV show. I'm sorry, but I got way more to do with my time than to, than to watch panel after panel after panel come up for me to get clarity. So, if you're going to use motion to capture attention, don't use motion in the key text. Use motion in something that draws their eyes, an image, something swirling over here on the left, something that points your attention to a simple message that makes it easy. And here's the other thing. Trying to get somebody to pre-book for an event isn't going to happen in this banner. This banner may need to punt and get you to the landing page that asks you to pre-book. Because I, at presently, it's pretty hard to get me to, com to, 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 to commit to a big block of my time on the basis of somebody's banner at the top of a page. The landing page needs to do that work and the banner needs to sell the click. Probably not the meeting. It can mention the meeting, but it needs to sell the click. Get them to the landing page and get them there. This is, is, it actually, again? This is actually the landing page for the Smart Stream. Okay, right. so uh, that also has no connection to the ad. So it needs to lead with the Meet Us in Toronto book now, as you see over on the right. So there were a lot of disconnects in this whole... Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I hope that helps you, Nathan. If you make a change, send it to us, and we'll actually try to review your changes and just as a courtesy to help you. So I'm going quickly to one final ad, and it's with Taylor. Taylor, go ahead. Tell me what you do here. All right. Great, Flint. Well, I think uh, the biggest difficulty of this ad right now is mainly more of the site itself. It's difficult. There's no attention. No iPath. No, no iPath there. There's yeah. no way to get the attention onto this ad. And, uh, you know, every icon on the site is square and so too is the ad. Um, really attracting attention here is very difficult. This might be one of the cases, depending on the importance of the ad, where you actually might use some sort of rich media or actual use of motion here. Um, maybe um, drawing the mouse over the ad extends the advertisement. Well, can I just say, Taylor's dead right, but the real solution is to tone down the rest of the site. The site has no eye path, and you've got to figure out what you really want to sell here and what you really want to emphasize, because the whole site is, 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 is a verbal onslaught, or I'm sorry, a visual onslaught. Go ahead, Taylor. Absolutely. Really, the importance overall, you have to determine your goals first of the site and determine the importance of each advertisement, and really, right now, it looks like this advertisement is a low priority. Um, so, other things about the ad that we've got here, we have an emphasis on the price over the actual savings. You could... Uh, mention the savings um, in larger font and then the price beneath that. Um, view item, uh, you could do shop now instead of view item, really using more um, forceful CTA there. Also, really, what is the featured product? What makes it the featured product? Is it a kind of a limited time offer? 
is it something that expires? Is it last year's model that's going to be sold out? You might want to use a more, a sort of more, you know, action-oriented wording there to sell this product versus just the featured product header there. Excellent, Taylor. Uh, all right, we are running out of time, and I'd love to teach more. And uh, let me do this. Uh, Spencer uh, on, uh, is in front of me right here. And is there any way, Spencer, we could get you to take uh, a few more of these that have been submitted and to make some comments for our blog post on these since we can't get to them now? Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, the editors behind me are thumbs up. We're putting, putting Spencer on the spot in front of the a whole world. <laughs> uh, the answer should be, I don't really care about this audience. Fallen never says foot. no. <laughs> uh, never says no. Just passing some more liquor. The truth is, we want to help more of you. And if we can look at some different kinds of ads, um, then we might be able to, uh, to, 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 to give you more transferable principles. So watch, to stay tuned to the blog, Marketing Experiments blog, and we will have more of these ads with more of these comments. I know you're going to comment later on this clinic, but could you, if those of you that are left, could you take the Q&A function and just quickly let me know if you found today useful? Because we tried some new things today and I need your feedback so I can plan some things that are coming up. Just take a moment with Q&A and tell us if you found today uh, useful uh, because, uh, or if there's any issues that uh, we can address. Thank you again. I'll read every single comment. I'm watching him come in right now and I'm very grateful. Uh, I shall um, see you in about two weeks with more research. Pass it on to a friend. Uh, we would love to have a growing community. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com.